What's going on guys, Bender Rolls here. Thanks for choosing to listen to Sixes Out Plays Dungeons and Dragons. This is our Descent into Avernus campaign. We've been playing for quite a while, uh, and uh, we're getting pretty close to actually entering the Nine Hills. Uh, but uh, join us as our heroes uh, figure out what's happening outside of the city of Candlekeep and, and the problems that keep arising in the forest nearby. Uh, it should be a good time, and thanks again for listening. Last time on Descent into Avernus, our heroes pushed off an attempted ambush from a group of unlikely foes. An orc, a dwarf, and several woodland animals all seemed to be attacking together in a dispassionate manner. It appeared that they were not sound of mind and moved and attacked in a passionless, mechanical way. After surviving the ambush, our heroes discovered an abandoned monastery of Azuth where they learned that over a century ago, a dark magical plague had befallen the monks that resided there. With the monastery infested with undead, our heroes tackle the task of figuring out what happened to the monks and how this dark plague ties into the strange behavior of the denizens of the Wood of Sharp Teeth. All right, uh, as you, so you said you want to investigate the room, go ahead and make an investigation check if you'd like. Nice. All right, uh, as you begin to search the room, you see that this is uh, some sort of, uh, what once was a, a living space, perhaps, for these monks. It's now in ruin. Uh, the furniture is in ruin, everything's scattered all over the floor with the undead locked in here for who knows how long. Uh, the whole place is in shambles. However, uh, lifting up a bed frame, you do find a a pile of, of, well, actually, you just find two gold pieces hidden under a collapsed right. bed frame. Big money. Big money. Uh, but other than that, you don't really find anything of import in this room. Were there any doors we hadn't gone in yet? I know that mushroom hallway didn't have like. So you a guys door have a door end. here. Uh, I believe you guys checked out room. This room here. Yeah. Yeah, we went down the hallway with all the. Came in here, in and then you you checked out this room here. Yeah, there's there's no door here, right? Because we oh, we investigated the statues, and they just had the. Um, yes. So at the end of this hallway, uh, oops! At the end of this hallway here, you did see a door. It was overgrown with with these giant mushrooms. And uh, it, it was uh, difficult to get to the door uh, without without dealing with those mushrooms first. Didn't we pick a bunch of them or try to like chop them up? I could have sworn we did. Unless if we haven't, then let's just kind of try to remove as many as we can to at least clear the door. Yeah. Let's see if we can get behind that thing. Alright, so the, the door to this chamber, this long hallway here, yeah, it reveals a 15 foot wide and approximately 35 foot long hallway. Along the center of the hallway are three statues. Uh, the first statue depicts a robed lizard folk. Uh, the base of the statue reads Ikistrosk, Water Walker of the Glade. The second statue is in ruins. The third statue depicts a dragonborn. The base of this statue reads Krillotol Hiturum, the first flame of the night. Uh, this hallway is overgrown with giant mushrooms growing out from the eroded cracks in the stone floor. The door that sits beyond the third statue is blocked by a dense patch of fungus, but can be easily seen through the mushroom caps. So how do you guys want to handle uh, uh, this situation? If Hannah's nearby, I think we were using Hannah's sword to like chop like the mushrooms off, like because she has blades. Um, I, and I think if we, I don't want to touch them with my hand, I think, I don't remember this because it was so a couple weeks ago, but we investigated the mushrooms and there was some sort of property to it that if, I think, was it a fire that they emitted if you, like, touch them without, or touch them Yes, that's right, so, uh, Cobble, actually, you had made a nature check and you recognized these mushrooms. Uh, and from what you remember from reading about them, actually, uh, fire will cause the mushrooms to shrivel uh, and wither away and die quickly. Uh, however, it will excrete a nauseous gas. Uh, you rolled actually pretty high on your nature check, so I gave you the full, uh, the full right. uh, lowdown on these guys. Uh, so, so yeah, let's that. just keep using blades to kind of just like trim and crop the the mushrooms that will reveal our path. <laughs> All right, so I'm yeah. gonna I'm gonna let Hannah uh, uh, take care of this. I'm gonna roll to see how long it takes her to do it. Yeah, I guess it has two blades. Yeah. I say maybe she lends this one, or I guess we have nine. Do I have knives? I think I do. Check my tools. 
Hannah has quite a difficult time with her scimitar and her, well actually her rapier is not really suited for this at all. Uh, uh, but with her scimitar, the, the, the stalks of these mushrooms are actually quite tough and thick and uh, it takes her a good half hour uh, just to hack through these things. Um, as you all <laughs> sort of stand back and watch, like... <laughs> I, don't have a blade, I don't have a blade on me to like... Yeah, a hammer, like smash the stalks. Uh, but so Hannah begrudgingly uh, uh, does the work and uh, eventually clears the pathway to reveal the door. And so before you, uh, a closed wooden door. Well, we should we should open it. Yeah, let's let's uh, let's do us take a small peek around the door. Mm -hmm. Don't just kick because there we have been fighting skeletons and zombies. <laughs> okay, so you're gonna sort of lean in through the door just to peek around. Yeah, let's do that yeah. first. I'm not the guy you want to stealthy stuff. So. Yeah, sure. I'll I'll do a little <laughs> sneak peek. Yeah, go ahead, do a stealth check if you want to be sneaky. I mean, having a charge in there that gets hairy, but. Yeah, I'll do that. Uh, let's do uh, stealth check for me. I got like a negative three or something on my stealth checks. All right, uh, you you perceive yourself to be stealthy. Then I will slowly push the door open so I can get at least a glance or view of what's in the room. All right, so as you lean in through the doorway, like I have a skeleton from. Maybe. Maybe it's already dead. I don't know. Skeletons usually are dead, but... Not no, I mean, re Reanimated is what All right, mean, here I we guess. go. Uh, so, Cobble, as you lean in, uh, stealthily moving in, you, you open the door, and you hear a small snapping sound, and then the sound of a spring releasing. Go ahead and make a dexterity saving throw. Oh, boy. I always forget to check the tracks. Uh, the tracks. Yeah. yeah. Very nice. All right, looks like that's a good roll. Um, Plus five on that thing. Yeah, I have a very high dex. As yeah. as you enter in, uh, four darts of uh, fire from it looks like to be some sort of clockwork spring mechanism, like sort of fastened up into the top corner near the ceiling, and you can see actually uh, the skeleton in the center there. Uh, uh, is in, in his bony hand is clutched a, uh, a string that goes to a secondary box that appears to have already been released. Um, However, this one releases as you open the door, uh, and you're going to take some damage here, uh, but some of the darts also miss. So you, you completed right. your dexterity saving throw, you succeeded, so you'll take half damage. Okay. Mm -hmm. Someone didn't want anybody getting in there. This is a monk's temple. They're, they're probably just uh, defending themselves and set a trap. <laughs> mm. He's probably stuck in there as like a last resort. <laughs> Alright, so you're going to take 11 points of piercing damage uh, uh, as these poisonous darts, so that's including piercing and poison, cut in half. Uh, uh, these darts pierce into you and, and you actually, the poison is reduced because of your bracers additionally. Yes. So you're, <laughs> you're taking 6 points of damage thanks to your uh, bracers of poison resistance. Uh, uh, as the as the uh, the darts uh, pierce into you. So as you enter in this doorway, let's see, you see a dilapidated kitchen space uh, uh, sits in ruins. The, the wooden countertops are decaying and fungus and weeds grow from between the cracks in the stone floor. Uh, uh, there's a doorway leading to the left here, right here. Mm -hmm. And there's a doorway uh, leading to another room to the right. Mm hmm. Well, uh, we should probably see me... if there's any other traps in the room. Yep, go ahead and make uh, investigation checks if you guys want to look around. Okay. Okay, as you guys look around, um, uh, on the floor of this kitchen area is a skeleton wearing a faded purple robes. Uh, clutched in his skeletal fist is a small string leading to a second dart shooting mechanism in the opposite corner of the room. It appears the trap had already been triggered. Uh, beyond that, you guys don't really see anything of value. Uh, uh, boxes and crates and things that may have once would have been filled with food are, are now totally gone, just dust and decay, essentially. Uh, this looks just to be a simple kitchen area. Alright. Well, do we want to pick a door and 
Yeah, sure. Uh, how about you open the next door? Cause I got shot a bunch. Um, yeah, fair is fair. All right. Well, uh, yeah. Let's uh, let's try and do the same thing. Make sure there's no traps on the other and, side. And uh, for, for that trap was uh, you, the second trap is for this door, correct? Where was the wire that was coming off of him? Yeah. So it was... the let me show you. Hold on. Mm. It said it was already fired. So yeah. So yeah. this mechanism, it looks like he had one pointing here towards this door. Both were pointing towards this main door here. Uh, gotcha. This one had already been fired, uh, ah. and then you triggered this one with a secondary trigger. Okay. Yep, just uh, maybe investigate the door underneath and make sure there's not another one on the other okay. side. Okay, yeah. as you guys uh, move towards, there is a door to the left as well. Uh, you get, it, it seems you guys are approaching the door to the right. Um, go ahead, yeah, search for traps, Corden. Go ahead and make an investigation check. Got it. Hey. Yeah, you, you carefully, without touching or disturbing anything, you check the entire door frame, you check the door. Uh, you check the floor and, and everything, and this door appears to be intact, uh, uh, and totally, you don't, you don't see anything odd about it. Okay, well, let's, uh, let's open it a little bit and take a peek inside. Alright, passing through the open passageway now, uh, you, you find a room dedicated to food storage and preparation. Uh, ancient crates that once contained food stores now sit on the floor containing dust, dirt, and rubble. Uh, the counters and tables are eroded and rotting, and the sun shines through the open roof. Along the right wall is a passageway that has been blocked by what appears to be hand-stacked chairs and, and tables and furnitures and pieces of lumber and things. Um, and also stones and wood boards. Uh, behind the debris, you can see a door that had been blocked. Well, yeah, was this was this a destroyed wall that we could have walked through here from the other room? So this uh, This here indicates the debris that is blocking a doorway. Ah. Oh, like wall. a mountain trap. Okay. Uh, I see like rocks and stuff. Got it. Well, I probably don't need to worry too much about that then. No, I was like what? I was like, oh, could we do could we do just walk right right through that? It's like, oh, we're so dumb What about this little uh Keep doing that. What about this little chest right here? It looks like in the top. top yeah, left. investigate the room. This guy right here. All right, That's so right. so Corden, you're you're gonna move in to search this thing. You open the chest yeah. and and find that it's empty. But but as you do so from your right, you hear the sound of stomping and and the rustling of foliage from outside beyond the building. Uh, uh, and it's growing closer and louder and louder and louder until finally a deafening crash hits the side of the building. Uh, everyone make a dexterity saving throw as the wall collapses on this thing. Not my best saving throw. Fingers crossed. Damn! There it is. <laughs> there it is. There it is. So, uh, uh, you both actually save as, as the, uh, debris and, and stone and lumber fly towards you as this wall completely collapses. Standing at the hole in the wall, it, you see the skeletal head of uh, some sort of bovine creature uh, peering through, and you can see now that a minotaur skeleton uh, engulfs the entire oh. doorway. Oh, uh, this undead uh. minotaur skeleton peers over at you uh, uh, and, and picks up its giant battle axe and uh, uh, prepares to fight you. So go ahead, uh, everyone roll for initiative. Minotaurs traditionally are bad news. Uh, is MK MK's too M big for this building? He's outside, right? No, no, MK's uh, oh, he's uh, with he us. Okay, MK's like seven foot tall. You know, okay. he's he's heavy because he he he's made of metal, but but yeah. he can fit into normal places. Nice. Okay. Um, cool. Uh, yes, a minotaur skeleton bursts through the wall, and you guys are able to uh, avoid damage uh, through uh, uh, dodging all of those debris and pieces flying at you. Uh, the the minotaur with his massive battle axe. Uh, uh, stares at you, ready to attack. Looks like Cobble, you're up first in the initiative order. Um, what would you like to do? Um, let me take a look at my um, my. So I've got three. Okay, I have three key points. I want to. Uh, I'm gonna attempt to disarm him. 
He has like a giant axe or something, right? So I kind of want to use my dexterity to maybe get him to drop his weapon. Okay, we'll do a contest of dexterity as you attempt to disarm the battle axe from his uh, bony hand. Go ahead and make a dexterity check. Not the greatest rule. Oh yeah, yeah, so uh, he definitely, as you strike his bony hand uh, with a quick punch, uh, uh, one of the fingers releases and, and the, uh, the battle axe is dropped to the ground. Ooh, nice. Oh, that's great. Yeah, I got lucky. Um, and since that was, that was my action, uh, I believe, and I would be within range. I think I just have to sit here now. But he doesn't have his weapon, which is good. Uh, do I have a bonus action? I don't think I do, because I didn't strike him. Or would you consider that disarm? No, because I have to like punch him with an unarmed strike. And that was a non-damageable strike, so I think that's my turn. All right, that'll be the end of your turn, Cobble. Yeah, I think so. Is uh, MK12 with his shield and his warhammer uh, uh, marches forward dutifully in defense of uh, what he perceives to be his superior officer at this point. Uh, uh, he marches forward to attack the Minotaur with his uh, uh, warhammer. And uh, MK12 uh, swings his warhammer, missing as the Minotaur stumbles backward clumsily, uh, and then steps forward to, to move into attack again. Um, MK12 will stay there with his shield up uh, in defense. Uh, up next, Corden, what do you want to do? Yeah, let's just go ahead and attack him for now. I may regret, may regret seeing how hard this guy hits. And, well, right now he doesn't have his weapon. So. <laughs> yeah, that's very true. Alright, go ahead and make an attack that's roll. Very true. Let's just go ahead and uh, do it to it. Yeah, that's going to hit. Go ahead and roll for damage. Mm, fantastic. There we go. Ooh, do I get... Is bludgeoning like bonus damage on skeleton? It should I be. Know. I don't know what the, what the bonus uh, As you strike him with your warhammer, yeah, his ribcage cracks in. Uh, he looks uh, largely... Um, uh, unaffected by that single blow, but you tell that your bludgeoning damage does have a greater effect. Uh, you do 18 points of damage on the wow. Minotaur skeleton. Crush this guy. All right, <laughs> let's not get cocky, but yeah, uh, I don't have much in the way of a bonus action that's going to be well at this point. So that's my turn. All right, it's the Minotaur skeleton's turn. Uh, uh, turning on Cobble, the one who disarmed his great axe. Uh, doesn't really matter, doesn't really care about the great axe. The Minotaur lowers his head with his large horns and attempts to gore you, Cobble. And that's gonna be 22 to hit. Yeah, it hits. And that's gonna be that's gonna be 12 points of damage as his horns gore into you and strike you in the shoulder, uh, 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 stabbing into your shoulder there. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I should be okay. Well, yeah, I, I, have, I have quick and healing, so I can heal myself at least a little bit. All right, that's gonna be it for the Minotaur. Cobble, uh, you're up next. What do you want to do? Um, for that, um, disengaging would be the main action, correct? For you, yes. Um, let me do this instead. I'm gonna I do. No yeah, uh, as an action, so as my action, I'm going to do Quickened Healing, which is spending two key points. And I can roll my Martial Arts die to regain some HP. Alright, go ahead and make that roll. Man. Oof. Alright, you roll, uh, you do a two quick, HP. You do a Quickened Healing and, and your, your monk-like centeredness, you, you become centered totally for a moment and, and allow yourself your body to to negate some of the damage you've taken from this goring plus proficiency so um that would be f five because uh, my proficiency is three okay so uh five points of healing as you center yourself into a quickened healing uh a cobble as he's healing himself uh is that at the end of your turn cobble um i can move but he didn't get attack of opportunity i can't do a bonus action because hit him with a martial strike i believe that's the end of my turn Okay, that's the end of Cobble's turn. Cobble, uh, uh, as you center yourself and heal from this goring attack, uh, through the opening in the door, uh, uh, another figure uh, charges in, uh, armored in heavy plate mail, and uh, looks like to be quite a large figure, potentially 
taller than seven feet, well built, uh, very wide and, and muscular, and uh, uh, wielding a, a shield and a warhammer. This heavily plated individual comes in behind the Minotaur and makes an attack. Aren't we after a barbarian paladin? Or a giant paladin or a Goliath? There we go. Yeah, Goliath. This might be our man. Man, Divine Smite on an undead. Hmm. Would be crazy. All right, and uh, with his warhammer, he strikes into the back, the direct center of this uh, Minotaur skeleton, and and does uh, uh, eighteen points of damage uh, with his warhammer against this thing. All right, that's going to be it for the uh, mysterious individual. MK12 is up next as the. Um, uh, the construct with his warhammer uh, tries to strike at the Minotaur. <laughs> and that'll be another 18 damage. I didn't think about the bludgeoning. I didn't think the bludgeoning vulnerability through, I'm gonna be honest. <laughs> Just crushing bones. We don't even need Divine Smite. <laughs> and we'll see. We'll just keep swinging. We'll see. It is a Minotaur. And the, and the bones of this Minotaur are beginning to crack. And, 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 and the ribs cage looks just totally ruined and falling apart, but it's still coming at you guys. Uh, Corden, what do you want to do? Well, yeah, I think I'm, I think I'm going to save this spell slot for the moment. We are just taking chunks off this thing, so I'm going to do what I did last time. Oh, oh my god. I keep forgetting. I have double attack now. As of whatever my last level was. Keep doing that. Extra attack. You can attack twice instead of one. <laughs> that way, that is nice. Yeah, that's a good thing to remember. That, is that does, that does that require two attack rolls or just one? And yeah, then two? It, it requires two attack rolls, and I'm specifically not reminding you. <laughs> so, but yeah, go ahead. Make two attack rolls. Both of those hit. Now roll for damage twice. Okay. And both of the, uh, both of those damages are going to be doubled because of its vulnerability to bludgeoning damage. <laughs> so we're looking at uh, 20, uh, uh, 16, 26. Uh, Corden, you quickly move 30. in um, and uh, you finish this thing off already with your Warhammer. You just smash into a cave in its chest and it crumples to a large pile of, of bovine bones on top of this uh, great axe that was disarmed by by um, uh, Cobble. Um, okay. As you do so, hold on, let me get my page up. Yeah, I mean, that's, <laughs> I was looking at him like, I'm not gonna let him swing at us with that giant <laughs> cleave. <laughs> Traditionally, Minotaurs are uh, the armored, the armored individual uh, turns on all of you, and and he looks at all of you and says, "Look at me, look me in the eyes, or I swear I'll kill you. Who are you? Speak. Are you undead or mindless? Either way, you die." What? <laughs> uh, no, we're here. We came here to investigate everything. But if you're, uh, we're, um, yeah, we're, we're looking. Yeah, missing Paladin. Where are they? Uh, uh, let's see. Corden, make a persuasion check with advantage. Persuasion with advantage. Ooh, that's one of my good ones. This is going to be good. Yeah, bad. That's pretty good. Decent. Decent. Yeah. All right. Uh, uh, the, the plate armored individual sort of relaxes a little bit and, and lowers his warhammer. Uh, he, remove it, he removes his plate helm to reveal a, a, a bald. Uh, a Goliath male with with tattoos, tribal tattoos all over his his bald head, and he sort of uh, uh, looks at you all, and he sees you, Corden, and he says, uh, uh, "You have the looks of a paladin." Did Selenway send you? Uh, I do believe she did, or he did. Yes. <laughs> trying trying to remember names, but yes, I do believe. So. Ah, I see. Uh, well. It's a good thing you came out here. I'm glad he sent help because the situation's uh, far worse than we imagined. Uh, my sister Gamma and I came out here to deal with some simple bandits, and instead we find this mess. Uh, the the Goldtooth gang and the Gruck clan, the orcs that live out here, are, are acting bizarrely, strangely. Uh, their behavior is not uh, uh, conducive with what they're usually up to, and, and now all these undead, well, Gamma and I were, were ambushed out here and, and were separated. Uh, last I saw, she was headed this way. 
But I do know that uh, to the east is the gold tooth uh, mine where they, they set up camp. And then of course to the west is the Gruk camp. Uh, we may be able to find more answers there, or we can check out this tomb up ahead. Um, but I could definitely use your help. Okay, well, we're here to help. Yeah, we're, yeah, we were here to send, and we're testing out this, uh, giant, uh, mechanical guy from the town, so... Pretty handy. Uh, Diamond Finder, introduce, oh, I, I forgot, it. he introduced himself, yes, hello, I am Diamond Finder. Uh, yes, I'm a paladin of Torm, and, uh, yeah. it's very good to meet you out here. And I see, uh, Errol has got her little project up and running. That's good. Are you worth the damn MK12? MK12 sort of nods and just stands at attention. Um, so what do you guys want to do now that you're here with uh, Diamond Finder? Hmm. I say we try and just, um, I guess, look for the other missing paladin that he thinks she may be in, what, the east direction. And we'll follow up on his lead to find the other paladin first, I think. Yeah, probably stick to the mission. I think that's a good call. At the moment, anyway. Try and find his sister, yeah. Well, I, I appreciate it, Nay. I think you're right. Although, I do think Gamma can handle herself, especially against okay. these undead. These are her specialty. Uh, but we can head up uh, north just a ways across the graveyard. I've been watching the orcs over there. They're, they're digging up all the graves and burning the corpses, which uh, mm. <laughs> I wasn't going to be the one to stop them. It's a smart move, especially with things being reanimated for some reason. It's a disgusting business, really. Does he know? Can we ask him what he knows about why? I don't know. All these creatures in the area seem to just be hell bent on killing. I'll tell you what I know, Corden. This monastery is infested with undead, but there's something else happening here. The local bandits in the Gruk and the Gold Tooth Clan are acting strangely. Uh, uh, they they fight and move as if they are undead, but their bodies live. Gamma and I were ambushed. We were separated, and now I'm searching for her. I have no idea why the, the dwarves and orcs are acting strangely, or where these undead have come from. But I do believe the mausoleum to the north of this uh, a graveyard is the source of it. I was following to the to the mausoleum, I suppose. Do it. All right, sounds good. Uh, yes, then we will head north to the mausoleum, and so uh, uh, Diamond Finder sort of moves past you and, and enters the the grassy clearing. He sort of walks through the the hole in the wall that was burst open by the Minotaur skeleton uh, with his warhammer out, uh, walking forward. Uh, do you guys follow him? Yeah, let's get yeah. to it. For sure. Okay, you guys leave behind the, the ruined uh, uh, monk bunkhouse and move towards the graveyard. And sure enough, uh, where you guys had encountered the, the orcs earlier, uh, uh, before you came into this building, there you see, yeah, rank and file, rows and rows of holes, and inside these holes are are, are burned and charred remains. Uh, it looks like of, of what what was buried here, um, and you can see a, a pile of shovels and, and, and various torches uh, just out uh, just on the other end of the of the graveyard. And at the very end of it, you see a, a stone uh, a structure, a, a mausoleum, if you will, uh, a tomb that leads down the stairs, leading down into the darkness. Okay. Yeah. Alright, so as you guys enter and go down the dark steps deep into this mausoleum, uh, uh, you find yourselves deep now down into a tomb, and you actually emerge into a room. We'll reveal the rest of that room for you. You see this room was uh, uh, perhaps once a, uh, used as a storage space, stocked with, with tools, uh, for maintaining the tomb and, and preparing the dead for burial. Uh, you also find two two orcs standing perfectly at attention, heavily armored and weaponed. You see a dwarf uh, with an eye patch uh, uh, and a great axe uh, standing at attention, and then behind him another dwarf wielding a, uh, a torch uh, wearing a robe. And, and both of them, they all sort of look up at you in unison and without uttering a word, prepare for combat. So we'll go ahead and have everyone uh, roll for initiative. Thank you. Okay. Uh, I have the new map. We are on yes. The map here. Yes. You, <laughs> you enter this area. You see two orcs. There we go. Uh, two dwarves, and then actually you see a a passageway right here 
that's open, but then a passageway to the left and to the right seem to be barricaded uh, with, with rope and wood. Hmm. We got two orcs and two dwarves. Yes, uh, heavily armored orcs with uh, uh, great axes. You see a, a dwarf with a great axe and a, and a dwarf with a robe wielding a torch. Yeah, something weird's going on. Dwarves and orcs are not friends. So we'll have everyone uh, roll for initiative. Alright, got them all, I think. Alright, so the first to move is the uh, the Dwarf Berserker. He's going to move forward. Yes, <laughs> so the, the, the Berserker moves. Difficult terrain, he doesn't get that far. MK12 is up first. But he's sort of trapped in the back there. Um, <laughs> actually, let's... Before we continue, what, what's your guys' marching order? What do you guys? How do you guys want to uh, organize yourselves in this narrow hallway as you're entering this room? Mm. Well, I feel comfortable with this marching order currently, knowing that I've been gored by a skeleton mm. recently. Yeah, yeah, that's the, you should probably diamond. What you got played on? Not heavy armor. No, I. Uh, yeah, you look yeah. at him. He's he's wearing plate. Okay. Yeah. He can go. First. <laughs> I'll follow up with my with my own plate, but yeah, I think that's cool. Okay, well, uh, actually, Diamond Finder is last in the initiative order. Uh, uh, currently, MK12 is is stuck in the hallway, unable to move. He's gonna hold his action for when he can move. Um, okay. Let's see, Corden, you're up next. Oh, really? With my oh, actually, I rolled a third. Everybody rolled low. <laughs> Not the worst. Well, yeah. I, my initial roll was terrible. I got on the actual turn of 13. Anyway, um, all right. Well then, uh, 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 pick a partner here. Go ahead and just um, actually, this guy is not a giant undead minotaur, so I'm gonna try and knock him down with my bonus action initially with the shield slam, shield bash. Alright, go ahead, uh, that'll be a strength contest. Make a strength check. Wait, wrong one. Mm, there we go. Oh yeah, that's gonna work. Uh, that Orog is knocked prone as you shield bash him to the ground. Okay, and I get advantage on prone enemies, correct? That's correct. Fantastic. Alright, well let's hit this dude with the hammer. Double. We're doing the old double attack. Wow. What are the odds of that? One in twenty, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so looks like uh, both attacks actually miss. You actually you get you hit him, uh, but he's heavily armored as well in plate armor, and and your your warhammer just sort of grazes off of his armor, doing no damage to him. They're gonna be tough. Got that. All right. Well, that's my turn. Those are big boys. For sure. Connection bonus. Yeah, we may have to try and. All right, so uh, the Orogs are up next. They're going to go ahead and uh, uh, one is going to move towards uh, Diamond Finder. The other is going to stand up, the one that was knocked prone, and is going to attempt to attack at Corden. All right, so the Orog strikes out at Corden, rolling a natural 20. Uh, that's going to be a critical against you with his great axe. <laughs> All righty, fair enough. Let's see what he does. And that's going to be 20 points of damage. Uh, they also have multi-attack, so that's his first attack. He's going to roll again with his Great Axe. Okay, well, that sucked. Then you got your points. You got like 20-something yeah. points. <laughs> no, I got, and that's yeah. going to be uh, 21 to hit. I believe your armor class. 20, uh, 21 armor to hit. Uh, I think I'm, I think I'm still 19, yeah, I'm nine, 19 is my armor class, yeah. Okay, uh, he's gonna go ahead and hit you again with his great axe. These Orog Orcs are savage attackers. I went from mostly full to mostly empty. And that's gonna be, uh, he, he rolled uh, almost max damage on that. That's gonna be 15 points to hit. Uh, he rolled 11 plus 4 yeah. on that one, so... Uh, those two attacks. Uh, the second Orog's gonna go ahead and attack at Diamond Finder with his Great Axe, doing the same thing, a multi-attack. 41 to 6 in one attack. 
that's, that's, that's what that's what happened with the the trap I ran into earlier. It did like yeah. thirty damage. <laughs> So, <laughs> slowly coming back though. Yeah. Keep drinking whiskey, it'll be okay. Alright, so uh, Diamond Finder takes 10 points of damage as one of the attacks of the Great Axe uh, slices into his, his uh, the, the gap between his plate armor and does some damage to him. Uh, that's going to be it for the Orogs. Uh, up next is... The Robed Dwarf in the back is going to, uh, uh, sees, right now, Diamond Finder is, is the one who's standing out the most. He's the largest, uh, uh, heavily armored, uh, uh, individual in this group. And the, and that, that dwarf, uh, reaches his hand out, and his hand glows with a purplish arcane energy, while three missiles fire out from his hand and hit Diamond Finder, hitting him square in the chest. Alright, Diamond Finder takes another nine points of damage as the magic, magic missiles from the, the uh, dwarf mage's attack fires into his chest, uh, doing some damage against him. Uh, that's going to be it for that mage in the back there. And then up next is Cobble. Cobble, what do you want to do? I'm going to help our... Uh, that was... The guy who did the magic missiles was this guy, correct? Yes, correct. Okay. Um... How many... Do I have one left? I have one more class research... Or I have one more um, key point. Um, I am going to, uh, I guess I will move up and use my last key point. Actually, does Stunning Strike work as an action first, or is that just additional? So it's if I do one on- I think it counts as one of your strikes. So okay. one of your strikes, you can apply the Stunning Strike to. Got it. Okay, so I'm gonna do my unarmed strike or my three unarmed strikes to three. Nice. And then uh, the twenty-one probably is gonna hit. Uh, well, yeah, maybe. The, yes, the twenty-one hits. That could, okay, so that will yeah, yeah. Okay. It needs to make a Constitution saving throw. Yes. Yeah, he definitely fails, and uh, uh, that Orog is stunned. Let's see, for how long is he stunned for? He, uh... the end... Okay, until yeah. the end of your next turn, so he's stunned for that one round. Unable yeah. to move or do anything. Uh, nice. Sounds good, and then he took six points of bludgeoning damage with that strike as well. Very good. Productive turn. <laughs> and that's six. I moved, attacked, did my bonus action. Solid right, that's turn. gonna be it for Cobble's turn. Diamond Finders up next. Which is... And MK, I think this is enough room to have him go through. Because if he held his oh, yeah. action he's, for us to move, he next. should. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Okay, yes. Yeah, mm -hmm. uh, Diamond Finder is gonna go ahead and cast uh, Cure Wounds on Cordon uh, over there because he's the lowest oh, right now. He <laughs> rolled max damage, so that's gonna. Be, or I'm sorry, max healing. So that's going to be 13 points. Healed for you, Gordon. Take it. 19's a whole lot better than six. And uh, that's his main action, um, and that's going to be it for him. He just takes sort of a, a defensive stance against this. Well, the Orog's stunned now, so he's not too worried about it. Uh, but that'll be the end of of uh, Diamond Finder's turn. Up next is MK12. He's going to move in, and uh, he can get in right about there. On that Orog, and he's gonna go ahead and uh, uh, attack with Gordon on that guy. Cavalry. Oh yeah, and uh, one of attack, one of uh, MK12's attacks uh, is a crit. He's gonna go ahead and roll for damage on that. My man. My robot. He's gonna do 14 points of damage as he strikes out at this uh, Orog with his Warhammer, hitting him in the shoulder and knocking him slightly off balance. Alright, uh, that's going to be it for MK12, Diamond Finder. Uh, okay, so as you guys all uh, begin this initiative order, uh, uh, from one of the uh, passageways in front of you, actually the one to your right, right here, you begin to hear a shuffling sound coming from the darkness, until from the shadows you see a skeletal form reach its bony hand out in the directions towards the dwarf mage, but the... Uh, uh, the barricade holds strong. Um, looks like you see uh, several uh, uh, through the shadows of the darkness. Several 
uh, figure shuffling about and pressing against these barricades, trying to get through and get at, get at everyone in the room. Uh, the skeleton begins attacking with his short sword at the, uh, the barricade, doing some damage to it, but it's still holding strong as it tries to get through uh, and get at everyone in the room. Um, Alright, so it's going to be top of the initiative order now. Alright, up next is the Dwarf Berserker, as finally he's able to get through the, the difficult terrain, all that fallen rubble in the center of the room, and uh, get and run right directly at MK12 and attack him. And actually, he rolled two ones. Both his attacks miss as his great axe swings over MK12's head, his mechanical body uh, deftly dodging easily. Uh, up next is MK12. He will turn and attack the Berserker, uh, now defending himself. Alright, uh, MK12 does 8 damage to this Berserker as he hits him with his Warhammer, uh, uh, and it's now just become this sort of messy fray. Uh, it's, it's, yeah, you got the stunned Orog, everyone's wielding Warhammers for some reason, <laughs> except for Cobble, apparently, <laughs> uh, dodging through these, these, these great weapons. This seems to be a big great weapon fight. Um, uh, up next is Corden. Corden, what do you want to do? Okay. Um, do I need to worry about disengaging it? teleport this step allows you to leave i believe i don't think he can hit you if you miss the misty step away his uh duration is instantaneous yeah. that's the only component is v range itself uh it's a bonus action as well yeah all right i'll go ahead and roll it if you're going to teleport out of there he's he's not going to see it coming he's not expecting you to misty step so he will not be able to attack against you Okay. Uh, where, do, where would you like to Misty Step to? Let me see. Right there. <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, a cloud of, of silvery mist surrounds you just for a moment, and your entire form disappears as a puff of silvery mist uh, 30 feet in front of you reappears, and now you're standing in front of this dwarf mage past the fray of uh, great weapon fighting behind you. Uh, that was well, your I'm bonus action. The distance to that dwarf, and I'm gonna attack that dwarf. Okay, go Fight. ahead and make an make an attack roll. Both attacks hit. Go ahead and roll for damage. Okay. Oh, that's one and the other. All right. With your first strike, the uh, the caster falls and and is crushed completely and falls to the floor. With the second strike, you ensure he doesn't ever get up again. Uh, the dwarf mage uh, is dead. Okay. Problem solved. Uh, still have movement. You can move. <laughs> Come on, Come on. Man. My bonus. That's my turn. Yeah, that's all I can do. You, you got movement though. Your bonus. Your uh, misty step was a spell, so yes. you can run it's a, back. It's actually a tier. <laughs> it's a tier two spell. So one of my tier two spell slots is gone. That was worth it. That dude was gonna do a bunch of damage. As, as my other group says, the paladins always kill the wizard first. <laughs> I mean, isn't that <laughs> I don't know what he, that guy could do. Casters are always the, the biggest problem. Yeah. Alright, up weird. next are the Orogs. Actually, the one that is stunned sort of stands dazed, almost like a, um, a Mortal Kombat finisher. Just sort of dazed, he stands there stunned. The key in his body uh, halted. Uh, not allowing him to move. However, the other Orog is going to turn on MK12 and attack against him. The, or the Orog does 8 damage against MK12 uh, with his Great Axe as he cuts into his metallic body, actually doing uh, some, some damage for once. Uh, the, the robot not used to taking damage sort of looks in the direction of this, this Orog, confused and puzzled, before turning to defend himself against him. Alright, that's going to be it for the Orogs. Cobble, you're up next. What do you want to do? Um, I'm going to stay with this paladin here, and I'm going to probably just uh, attempt to get... Um, I will actually disarm the Orog in front of me if he's stunned. I'm just going to... Yep. I'd take his weapon. <laughs> yeah, there is, there's actually, actually, we'll, we'll call this your main action. Uh, you you literally just walk up and take his weapon from him. You're now holding a, a great axe. <laughs> awesome. Uh, I'll take his great axe, and it's two-handed, so I guess... Uh, do 
probably hit him with it? Do I just hit him with his own weapon? I don't think I'm like trained in. You would. You uh, would I mean, I, I'm trained in with simple weapons, so I can't even really like you swing can, this. You thing. can you swing it, but you won't have a proficiency bonus. Right. Right. So right. you can make just a straight roll a d20, and maybe right. you roll high enough to hit him. Maybe not. Yeah. Um. Instead of that, I'm literally just gonna take. I'm gonna t throw. I guess I'll just throw his his hammer away like far away like okay away from so we'll, we'll call this your main action your main action is you take the great axe from the stunned orog and you throw it behind you like 30 feet down the hallway at the foot of the stairs it's now been removed from the the uh, uh combat space cool and then uh if that was my main action like uh yeah that's my main action so i can't attack him uh i will I'll move so I'm not within like striking range behind the paladin here. I'll kind of just like guard the hallway away through the weapon this way. Like okay, yeah, and you can do that uh, as he is still stunned. Your turn is over, and now the orog is unstunned. Uh, he comes to his uh, senses, not wielding his uh, his great axe, and he roars at you, Kabul, with murder in his eyes. Um, is that the end of your turn then? Yeah. All right, Pathfinder, uh, seeing the unarmed uh, orog, is going to go ahead and attack at him now. I saw those those slashes he did at you. I'm like, I'm not letting him swing that thing around. Are you kidding me? And <laughs> and with his with his warhammer, Diamond Finder strikes out at the Orog, but but unarmed now, the Orog ha putting everything he has into dodging easily sidesteps both of Diamond Finder's uh, strikes, uh, taking no damage. Uh, up next, you can see the skeletal forms from the shadows in the hallway to your right just ahead of you, uh, again, striking against the barricade, trying desperately to get into this room and, and all of the living denizens that live within that are, are currently inside. Uh, what's your HP look like? Me? Yeah. I'm at nine. Oh, okay. Alright, but, the, that, but the barricade... <laughs> I'm kind of safe, so I'm not too worried about well, it. If we can get within five feet of each other. Yeah. The barricade is beginning to crack and show as if it's about to actually break, but it's still holding for the moment. Alright, up next is the Berserker. It's going to stay on MK12. The Berserker and the Orog now working together to try and, and, and take down uh, this construct. And unfortunately, the Berserker misses uh, uh, his blade striking at the metallic form of MK12 and doing no damage to him. Uh, up next is going to be... MK12 in response will uh, go ahead and, and fire back. This is just a, uh, a big slugfest, basically, <laughs> between all these heavily armored, heavily weaponed individuals. Alright, one of MK12's attacks hits the Berserker, doing 11 points of damage to him. Alright. Oh, that's a hit. Alright, uh, that's going to be it for MK12. Uh, Corden, you're up next. What do you want to do? Hey, buddy. Okay, what do I got? I got 30. So, I think that's plenty. Get back in the fray. Oh yeah, just enough. Alright, well, first off, yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna move within melee range of, uh... Well... I'm gonna aim for the orc. Actually, hold up. Nah, these dwarves attacked us. I'm not... I'm not any like racial loyalty screw this dwarf i'm gonna attack him um uh, actually i have a bonus action i'm gonna try and shield bash this guy uh the dwarf to yes directly to my north all right that's gonna be a strength contest go ahead and make a strength check oh natural one. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah yeah he stands strong this this dwarf berserker stands strong well, he also early. rolled a natural one Why doesn't that well nice. built and uh your shield bash has no effect on him he remains standing i'm guessing that fail figured as much all right well we start so let's see what that gets me and that's against the uh dwarf correct yeah okay that's gonna hit go ahead and roll for damage Dwarves seem like they're maybe a little easier, so... Okay, this works are pretty gnarly. And number two, yeah. Maybe I figure if we could just reduce our enemy. Yeah, both of those uh, hit, so you're doing 17 points of damage against this guy. He's looking pretty hurt now. Um, well, he, he's looking moderately hurt. He's starting to bleed a little bit. Okay. Well, that is everything I can do. 
All right, uh, that's it for Corden. Up next is, are the Orogs, both able to attack. However, um, let's see, the unarmed Orog is going to attempt a, hmm. Let me see real quick, let me look at his stat block. Gotta punch things like I do. That <laughs> <laughs> feeling won't be quite as effective. Not giant slashing damage or <laughs> war hammer. Like smashing people around. Way, way better than the alternative. Yeah. Oh, perfect. The Orog off his back pulls a javelin oh and uses <laughs> it as a uh, as a melee weapon. He doesn't throw it. Actually, you know what? Yeah. You can. You, you can, you can throw one. it. You can throw it. Let's see. Kind 30. Mm, he's a little too close. Everyone's close. Nah, he's just going to use it like a spear weapon. Um, mm. And he's going to go ahead and try and strike a diamond finder with it. That's going to be seven points of damage against Diamond Finder as the, the Orog improvises and uses his javelin as a melee weapon. Alright, the other Orog, still wielding his great axe, uh, is going to turn on uh, MK12 and strike him as they've both been ganging up on him. Alright, we're looking at 13 damage against uh, uh, MK12 as the Orog strikes him with his great axe one time. And actually, as you notice, uh, MK12, uh, his his form, uh, his metallic form is beginning to look quite damaged, um, but but he's holding on. Uh, let's see, that's it for the Orogs. Okay, that's not good. Cobble, you're up next. What do you want to do? We're getting these Orogs off our boy. Uh, I'm gonna help. Um, I'm gonna move back up, and I'm gonna help Diamond. Diamond Finder with uh, this Orog here, and I will strike him three times with my fist. Alright, uh, the first two attacks hit. Go ahead and roll for damage on two of those. Alright, you punch that Orog in the back of the head twice, doing nice. uh, 14 points of damage against him with your fist. And that is my turn. All right, that's it for Cobble. Up next is Diamond Finder. Uh, he's gonna continue, let's see. Ooh, actually Diamond Finder will use his last spell slot. Come on, Diamond Finder. He's good. Oh no, he has more spell slots. Never mind. he's gonna cast Cure Wounds on Cobble. And uh, cool. No, I don't have to. <laughs> yeah, hell, yeah. I just want to make sure MK MK12 makes it out of here, you know. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> uh, uh, Cobble, you're gonna be healed for ten points of uh, damage. You're gonna be healed nice. for ten points, and that'll be uh, Diamond Finder's turn. Awesome. I like Diamond Finder's priorities. All right, up next is going to be, uh, ooh, yes, the, the skeletal forms off in the shadows in the hallway attack again at the barricade, trying desperately to break it down. And they strike at the barricade. It looks like it's cracking and breaking, almost ready for them to break through. Uh, mm. That's going to be their turn. The Berserker, seeing the weakened construct, is going to try and finish him off. Mm -hmm. Oh man, MK12. That's going to be 13 points of damage. You can see sparks. You can hear the clockwork sort of grinding together as MK12 is taking a, a savage beating from these, this Orog and this Berserker Dwarf. Mm. Uh, up next is MK12. He's actually going to disengage um, and, and try and, and step back. He's not going to take an action, but he will try and move back. And, and as he does so, he kind of gets behind Diamond Finder here, and he says, My apologies, sir, taking defensive action. And he sort of says that at you, Corden, and uh, uh, Cobble. Mm -hmm. does, does MK12 have any, like, healing ability? No, I don't think so, he's a construct. Yeah, I would so know. No, but just double check it. Make sure we didn't get the deluxe model or something. Alright, MK12 moves back. Let's see, that'll be his turn. Um, Corden, you're up next. What do you want to do? Okay. Um, yikes. That's a rough one. Um, 
Let's see, I think I can move here. I'm gonna try and kind of position myself a little better without leaving melee range of these two guys. Yep, that's fine, you can do that. Cool, I'm gonna go right there. Um, and then we're gonna do down the dwarf with a spring check. There's mine, not great, but possible. All right, the, the Dwarf Berserker stands strong against your shield bash. is not knocked over. He remains where he is. Okay, well, then I'm going to try and hit him with my hammer. All right, go ahead and make an attack roll. That's going to, yep, that's going to hit. Go ahead and roll for damage on both of those. Uh, both of those? Oh, excellent. Okay, great. Well, I'm sure about the 15. Wow, yeah, buddy. What are we looking at, 22 total? 22 damage as you, yeah, this, this Berserker is looking really hurt now. Uh, um, but again, even now, as, as he, it's looking desperate, there is no emotion in his eyes, totally blank and empty, just sort of doing the attacks, uh, with, with, without any real, uh, stress or, or purpose. Alright, um, yeah, that, that is everything I can do. Alright, uh, up next is, are you done, Corden? Is that the end of your turn? Oh yeah, that was my action, bonus, and so yeah, that's, that's all I can do. Okay, Orogs now. Uh, uh, this guy here, he's gonna he's gonna move around actually, now that he's able to move. Uh, he's gonna move here. And uh, um, sort of turn on you, Corden. And I believe your armor class is 19? Yes, sir. Okay, that second attack hits, he rolled a 19. Got it. We're looking at 10 points of damage against you as he strikes you with this great axe uh, in the back as you're dealing with the Dwarf Berserker. Alive. Okay, alright. The second Orog, still dealing with Diamond Finder, is trying to finish him off. Alright, the uh, uh, the Orog strikes Diamond Finder one time with his great axe, uh, uh, doing 8 points of damage. Uh, up next is going to be Cobble. Cobble, what do you want to do? Uh, I'm gonna continue to help uh, Diamond Finder on getting rid of this Orog in front of me, so I'm gonna strike him three times with my unarmed fists. Or un unarmed strikes. Alright, yeah. unfortunately none of those strikes hit. Uh, right. uh, your your fists sort of just hit against uh, heavy, heavy armor and uh, do no damage to him. Uh, that's gonna be it for me. All right, Diamond Finder, uh, uh, desperately trying to take out these Orogs, is going to go ahead and, and uh, uh, Divine Smite. And unfortunately, both his attacks miss against that Orog, doing no damage and expending a spell slot. All right, the, um, the Skeletons uh, uh, attempting to get through the barricade, barely holding together now. Uh, they're about to burst through here any moment. Um, all right, uh, uh, up next is the, um, the Berserker. And uh, he's just, he's going after, uh, after Corden. Mm, not good. Very not good. This could be it. That's going to be 21 to hit. <sighs> yeah, probably it for me. And uh, he rolls a two. That's going to be five points of damage against you, Corden, as the Berserker uh, yes. strikes you. You you managed to deflect most of the blow, uh, but, but you're right. holding on. Still alive. <laughs> Holding strong at 5 HP in here. Alright, MK12 is going to go ahead and pull out his javelins and, and fire them in the direction of that dwarf berserker in an attempt to, to take him out. And one javelin strikes and hits him, doing four points of damage. The dwarf berserker is looking incredibly hurt now. Yeah, how is he not down yet? All of us, all, everyone is just incredibly <laughs> Everybody's hurt. <laughs> uh, uh, the, yep, so the, uh, that's it, that's MK12's turn. Corden, you're up next. What do you want to do? Oh, man. Okay. Well, I mean, we got to get the Berserker down. Um, one, one, one less source of damage, so... I'm actually going to use my bonus action to try to knock the most orc down. Do me any good? Actually, hold it. Okay. Here's what I'm going to do. If you're prone, you can't, you don't get a, you don't get an opportunity attack when it's out of your range. Uh, correct. Correct. If you knocked him no. prone and then left, it wouldn't be a, 
Yeah. Okay, well, I'm gonna try and knock the Dwarven Berserker down with my, my bonus action shield dash. So here's my strength check. Oh, yeah, he goes prone. This time you shield bash him and he goes straight to the floor. Okay, and then I'm gonna just move, I don't know, five or so feet right here. And, uh, I'm sorry, y'all, but I'm gonna burn all 15 of my lay on uh, Well, hold on a second. You've moved out of the attack range of this Orog here, so he's gonna go ahead and get an opportunity attack against you. Not good. That was really dumb. Oh, my Outside God. of five feet. Oh, my God. It's. <laughs> It's a critical. It's a natural 20. Um, 2d12 plus 4. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm dead. My bad. Oh, it's just you oh. just KO, bro. I, I, we got medical kits, but I got this. Big mistake. And that'll be uh, 20, 20 points of damage. Yeah, more than enough. I'm dead. No, yeah. no, it has to be double your eight full HP to die like that. Right? Oh yeah, sorry, sorry. I, you I, just I, KO. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So Corden, you are down. Where's your Where's your character at here? Uh, I'm just north of the orcs, kind of hiding underneath the what looks to be a coffin. Yeah, there we go. That's me. Yeah, if he If he moved away from him, yeah, he would stop at uh, where he moved away from a thing. About there. All right, Corden mm. goes down as he's desperately trying to heal everyone. Uh, uh, that, I think that's what it sounded like what you're trying to do. Um, but, I'm trying to myself a lot. Oh yes. yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, Corden goes down unconscious. Thanks for listening to Sixes Out Entertainment's Descent into Avernus. Be sure to click like and subscribe, and check back every Sunday for more episodes where our heroes grow ever closer to crossing into the Nine Hells. If you wish to see more content like this, show your support and join the Sixes Out community on Patreon. Link in the description. There, you'll gain access to dungeon delving and dragon slaying pre-generated characters, subclass variants, the Sixes Out Discord server, and the first chapter of the High Moon Wanderers, an adventure module designed for a group of rangers and druids, and much, much more to come. Be sure to follow Sixes Out on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook for updates on future content at Sixes Out Crits. Thank you for listening and thank you for your support. We'll see you next Sunday.